This is the When Life Happens podcast, the real podcast all about helping real people overcome real life issues successfully. And since life never stops, let's get after it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the When Life Happens podcast. I'm your host, William Jackson, and I'm super excited because we have another opportunity to live, learn, and grow together. And today, I'm super excited because we are going to continue down the vein of discussing relationships. I feel that everything that we do in life fundamentally has to do something with relationships, either it's your interactions whether it's in business, whether it's your intimate relationships, whether it's the relationships with your children, whether it's your friendships, we are shaped by the people that we are connected to. I always say, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Because you can pretty much predict with an absolute certainty where someone will end up based on the people they are connected to. The most successful people in the world are the people who pay close attention to their connections and their surroundings. They don't allow certain people in their spaces. They don't allow everyone to be around them. They aren't connected to everyone. They are intentional about preserving their peace, preserving their sanity, preserving their purpose. And when you get connected to the wrong person, oh, it comes with a price. When you're connected to the wrong people, you lose so much in life. You lose time. You lose the energy that you need to pursue the things that you are connected to. Have you ever been in that situation where someone dials your phone and when you see their name instantly, it turns you off. You go, oh, you start breathing heavy. Just in that one breath, you are losing energy (laughs) because you saw someone's name. And those of us who have great hearts oftentimes would engage with those conversations And you have those conversations and those interactions. And when you are done, you are left feeling drained. When you're connected to the wrong people, they drain you. And we're going to talk about two people that I think are draining the life, not just out of each other, but out of society at this point. (laughs) I am talking about Will and Jada Smith. Now, I don't know where you could have possibly been under three, four, five, six, seven rocks if you did not hear about the slap heard around the world at the Oscars. When Chris Rock came out and made a joke about Jada Smith, and at first, Will chuckled at the joke. And then he took a look at Jada's face The camera panned away. I don't know if there were words said. And immediately he got up and approached the stage very smooth. Like he was he wasn't even looking at Chris. He was just walking up there like he was just coming to have a chat man to man, gentleman to gentleman. I don't know why Chris would not have already been on guard because people just don't walk up on you at the Oscars. There is this thing called etiquette. When you are at an event, it is timed. People tell you when to move, when to sit down, when to clap, when to stand, when to cheer. And everybody has a role to play in the production because this is being filmed for the world, especially when it's live. So Will gets up, 
He approaches the stage and Chris is so eagerly just volunteering his face, leaning up, not on guard. And what happened? Whap! Slapped on national television in front of the world. This started a a conglomerate of theories and comments and assumptions about what's going on behind the scenes. Was it staged? What happened? Because Will laughed at first and now he got up and he was all of a sudden irate. This was the biggest night for the African-American race in terms of winning and hosting. And there were this the first time where they were all women hosting the Oscar. It was so many things that were going on. And here Will Smith is. I rate at a comment that's made about his wife. Now, granted, Jada is suffering from a disease that caused her to lose her hair. And I would have taken offense to a comment like that about my wife, too. Now, I might would have had a little bit more couth to say, I'm just going to talk to you after the show. (laughs) I don't know if I would have rushed the stage. But, you know, when you put somebody in a situation, there's no telling what's going to happen. So he slaps him and everything spirals out of control. Now, rewind. The famous story of the entanglement comes out where it said that Jada had an entanglement with a young musical artist who befriended Will and the family. Then you jump up to this situation at the Oscars, and then just recently, just recently, for some reason, Jada Smith did an interview, and she stated in the interview that the two of them have been living completely separate lives since 2016. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold, wait, 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 wait. Since 2016? So you're telling me that the two of you in the public eye have been presenting yourself as if you are this Loving couple, happy, showing up at the events together. You're presenting this image. This man gets up and slaps another grown man on national television. Wasn't charged, by the way. I don't know of any charges that were filed. But slaps him. And you guys aren't even together. What is going on? This is why I say at this point, this is just draining in my eyes. The reason why it's draining is because I can see that there are layers under this situation that have gone unaddressed for years. Have you ever hit a breaking point where you say, you know what? Okay, I have taken as much as I can take. And now I'm about to respond. You can always tell, especially with a parent. When a parent reaches their breaking point, they just start yelling at kids just for everything. Hey, 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 it's too much breathing in here. Okay. First, I have to live. Okay. Let's, can we start there? Right. Well, go breathe outside. Okay. Okay. Let me just give you some space. 
Let me let you woo-saw, right? Get a cup of coffee, some tea, kick your feet up, and relax. Because obviously, you have hit your breaking point. (laughs) I wish there was a button that people had on them that showed their breaking point meter. When you know that it is getting close to the edge. What's the song say? Don't push me because I'm close to the I need that meter. I need that. So I can see it, and I see it. It's bubbling up. It's bubbling up. It's in the green. It's in the yellow. It's in the light red. And when it hits that dark red, okay, let me just stop talking. I'm going to go this way, right? I'm going to go that way. You you go this way. I go that way, or you go that way, and I go this way. But either way, I see that you are about to snap, and I don't want any parts of it, right? (laughs) But you can obviously tell that there were some bottled up things on the inside of him that at that moment, he just had to let it out. He was sick of whatever he was going through, whether it be relationally, whether it be in the public eye, the stress of trying to keep up an appearance when you are broken inside. So many people know what that's like. So that's why my heart sort of breaks, but it's also draining to see because when people need help, but we won't take the time to get the help that we need. We start acting out irrationally. But have you gotten to that place in your life where you say, you know what? I just don't know what else to do. I am trying with everything inside of me to hold it together. I am tucking my pain, my issues every time I go to work. People who are in the middle of Horrific situations who have to tuck it away and just go to work and operate at a high level. People who have to tuck their issues away and operate at a high level for their children. Parents who may have spent 15 minutes in the car crying, sobbing, trying to pull themselves together just so they can make it into the house. How many times or have you ever been in a space where you've had to pull it together because people were counting on you? That's a different type of pressure. Now, imagine that pressure with the world watching your every move. Every time you step out of the house, there are cameras there. Every time you sit down to have a dinner at a nice restaurant, there's somebody recording you. Every time you go to the grocery store, There's a mob there. There's people asking you questions about your private life. The people who are talking about you in social media, who are posting things about you and your children, who you are as a person, who you are as a parent. That's a different type of weight. And sometimes when you live in that state, it makes you irrational in your responses. You can always tell the people who are living in a state where they are just trying to hold it together is because their responses just come off very rabid, very aggressive and very defensive. Asking them questions that you normally would ask them, but the response that you get is one full of anger and rage and the temper flares. And you're just saying, hey, I'm just trying to get this Simple task done. I'm just asking a simple question. 
But when you live in that state, people, so many celebrities are living a lie just to appease the public eye. Living a life that you don't even believe in. Do you know how draining that could be? Where you are living a lie and you're going through the motions? That is so draining. But there are so many people who are out there that are doing it. Where people who are just staying together for the kids. Or people who are just staying at the job just because that's the only thing available to you. Something begins to deteriorate in you when you are not able to commit yourself fully to the life that you're living because you no longer believe in it. There are so many reasons why people just stay in toxic situations. You know another reason why? And I feel like this could be, I don't know, I don't know Will and Jada personally, but I feel like there's almost this feeling that anything is better than nothing. We've been separated now, going on eight years. Seven, going on eight years. But it's almost like, no, I'm just going to hold on. I'm going to hold on. I saw an interview that Will Smith did, and he was so very adamant because he's been married before that he would never get divorced again. He would never get divorced. And I totally agree with the premise of, you know what? We are in this to win this. There is no quit. There is no exit button. But I also know what it feels like to be in toxic situations. And I know what it's like when you're in a space where you feel like everything that you believed in is no longer real. And people hold on to remnants or memories of what used to be out of fear of being alone. Because anything is better than nothing. My bro Jerry Flowers said that everything that settles ends up on the bottom. And so many people settle because anything is better than nothing. Why? Because they don't have a clear understanding of their worth and value. So they tie their worth and value to the people that they are connected to. So now this is no longer relationship. This is the basis or the framework or the foundation of my identity. And that's when relationships get scary. You hear people tell people all the time, don't lose yourself. Don't lose your identity. Now, to a degree, I think that once you join with someone in marriage, it's no longer about me, but about we. It's now I do have a new identity that's connected to my spouse because we become one. And I can no longer look through the lens of my own selfish desires and ambitions because I am responsible to and for someone else. However, I do think that if you get into relationships and marriages 
and you completely sacrifice the true essence of who you are, your purpose and why you were created, all of your dreams, all of your desires, and you throw them in the trash so that you can be a support system or so that you could support someone else's dreams or so that you can be the best spouse that you have been raised to be and you can be submissive and you can be the proper leader. And when you start throwing the core essence of who you are away, although there may be seasons when you have to make those sacrifices, if you live in that state perpetually, that is a breeding ground for resentment. If I don't have an outlet for my purpose and the only thing that I'm doing is supporting yours, that starts something brewing on the inside of you because you were created for purpose. Now, there are seasons where you have to make the sacrifices and you have to invest and you say, OK, this over this course of time, I'm going to do this. We're going to do this. You're going to work on that. I'm going to work on this and then I'm going to be what I need to be as a sufficient partner to this relationship. But when you completely throw away who you are. Then you start to settle. You lose your identity. And now you're tied to this area of toxicity that it may be because anything is better than nothing. And now this is my everything. Because I have wrapped my identity around who I am to you. And that's when things get dangerous. I was studying on some aspects of relationships and I saw the concept that they have out there that's talking about attachment wounds. And I said, wait a minute, what is an attachment wound? Because we get into the place where we develop these emotional connections to one another and we don't really understand that there can be injuries that are taking place emotionally, mentally, spiritually, even physically, because our body is a barometer of what's going on in our heart, our mind, our soul and our spirit. But an attachment injury or an attachment wound is an emotional wound to an intimate, independent relationship. It usually happens after a breach of trust, particularly in a time of need or a moment of loss or transition. Once an attachment injury occurs, it can leave one or both partners feeling betrayed or abandoned. Now, the tricky part about attachment wounds or injuries is once you create a space where you are relying on someone and you've lost your identity, once you receive a wound there or you're attached to them and and being attached to them is now hurting you. It's almost like instead of us taking a moment of emotional intelligence and being able to discuss the things that we're feeling, we start adjusting to it. So now we are trying to adjust to the place where we're just taking injuries, where we're taking mental abuse, where we're taking toxicity and we're trying to adjust to it because that is how we prove that we're invested. That's how we prove that we're here for the long haul and people get into these relationships and you become a doormat. And all of these emotional or attachment wounds begin to spiral us out of control. And we think I just have to muscle through it. 
And then when you're trying to muscle through it and you're trying to take as much as you can take without discussing it, without changes, without holding people accountable, there should be some growth and development and evolution in every relationship. And if your partner doesn't feel comfortable enough to come to you and say, ouch, this hurts, then there may be some type of an attachment wound or emotional injury that is preventing that that true access of honesty, that true flow of communication, that true flow of vulnerability. And then people start to tuck it away. Ouch, that hurt. And instead of addressing it, I suppress it. And every time I suppress it, we get to the place where now I become a breeding ground for a irrational reaction. But we get to the place that now I've tucked it so much that I could go off at any moment. And people stay in relationships for a myriad of reasons. You can see that if you've been separated since 2016 and you got up and ran on the stage on one of the largest stages that was filmed nationally, internationally, And you got up and slapped this man and you all weren't even together. You all weren't even in a relationship where you have been consistently living under the same roof. Like you're living completely separate lives, but you're reacting so that you can play the part so that people will believe And we're trying to prove to people, isn't that crazy how so much of relationships now have have ventured into a space where it's about proving it to people? People have gone away from the actual essence of being happy and moved towards proving to people that you're happy. Where everything that happens now is about proving it to people. Oh, of course we're happy. Absolutely. We're, we're ecstatic. Didn't you see our pictures? Didn't you see the posts? Didn't you see how we were holding hands? But what good is it if it's not authentic? You know, another reason that people stay in toxic relationships. Because after you've been there for a while, you feel like, I don't want to feel like I've wasted time. I've been here for this long, so I might as well just just tough it out. Because I can't fathom the idea that I wasted all of this time. We've been together all this time. I've been unhappy for years. It's been toxic for years, but I don't want to feel like I've wasted time. So I'll just settle for whatever it is. We're just going to stay together. We've been dating for 20 years. We're comfortable. We know each other. And I don't feel like doing it all over again. I don't feel like getting to know someone. I don't feel like doing the work of having to work on me. I'm comfortable with this version. You know my quirks. I know yours. And despite how toxic the relationship may be, I just don't want to feel like I've wasted my time. So I'll just stick around. But can I be very honest with you? That's not really living. You're not really living. You're just existing at that point. 
It breaks my heart when I see couples that are just existing together. Because you deserve love. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to have a smile on your face. You deserve to come home and be excited. This is where we do some self-inventory. Am I excited to go home? I'll be very honest with you. I love going home. I love when I walk through the doors and I feel the love and the energy and the excitement. I get giddy every time I'm pulling up to the house. And this isn't to brag on my situation. This is to let you know that there's hope because there were times where I've grown up in life where I was not excited to go home. Or maybe there were rough times and maybe there were struggles and maybe there were things that we were facing. In my childhood growing up, in my teen years growing up, things that we were facing and I didn't have language for my emotional wounds. So it just created a space where I just didn't want to go home. And we got to get to the place where we're saying, okay, I don't want to live in a toxic place because I'm trying to appease other people because I think that anything is better than nothing because I have adjusted to so many emotional wounds and I don't want to feel like I've wasted my time because I've reshaped my identity to now look like how I've looked and, and, and I've shaped my identity around us as a couple and us as a unit and I've lost my sense of identity and I don't know who I am anymore. All of these are valid reasons to be in places where you are no longer happy, no longer together, and you're just existing in life. But you have to understand that if you don't get to the place where you are willing to fix it and work on it and you're just settling for it, thinking that it's going to fix itself, we're walking around with a false hope. And when you live in that place for long enough, there will come a moment where something will trigger you. There will come a moment where you've reached that breaking point. There will come a moment where something will happen that will cause you to risk everything that you've built. Everything. Because we've gotten to that place where, listen, I don't care if loving you is hurting me. I'm just going to stay here and we're going to tough it out. Now, there's something to be said. It's admirable about people who have experienced horrific situations and who have turned their relationships around and people who have gone through tough times and rough times and and have developed and overcome. And that is applaudable. I I celebrate that. And I hope that people who are in it have the tenacity to to do the work. But if you have resigned to just living separate lives and there is no work being done and there's nothing that we're doing and we're just going through the motions to appease people, we're holding on to a false hope. But here's the beautiful part. I said, I believe this, even with Will and Jada, is that all it takes is finding an access point to get back to the table. Ironically, 
a lot of their information came out at or on the show that Jada hosts, the Red Table Talk. And if we could just get back to the table to where communication begins to flow. If we can get back to the table where we are able to be honest. You deserve to live a life where you can be honest. You can be honest about how you feel. You can be honest about what you think. You can be honest about where you are. Because your feelings matter. And you should be in a place where you know that they matter. And if you're in a place where you may be stuck in a situation, you don't know how to get out or you don't know how to rebound or you don't know how to fix it. Here's the problem. Most people try to go at this alone. That they think that all it takes is you and me to fix this. No, you and me got us into this. We need someone else who can give us language and understanding and help mediate our thoughts. Because once you have gotten to a place where you've adjusted to so many attachment wounds and injuries, and you're just living in this defensive state, you can't even hear clearly. So I'm rooting for everyone who's in a a marriage where you believe that it can turn around, but it's going to take the work. You can't just go through the motions and expect it to fix itself. And for those people who are in relationships and you're not married. It breaks my heart when I see that people are in relationships. And you're living a lie. Because you're settling. Because I don't want to hurt that person. But what happens when loving you is killing me? Because if you stay in a situation long enough, if you're dating someone, you stay in a situation long enough. And it's beat you down that long. You've lost yourself. And now you're trying to operate from a standpoint of, okay, I'm approaching life. But it doesn't even feel like I'm alive. I'm a zombie. And everything that I'm doing is through this lens of my trauma. Everything that I'm doing is through the fact that we've created these trauma bonds and we don't know how to get out of it. So what's the takeaway here? One, you deserve to live a happy and fulfilled life. You deserve it. You do. And I can hear some of your thoughts now where you're instantly trying to talk yourself out of that understanding. No, I don't. No, I don't. I've messed up. I deserve this. Maybe you have the mentality because someone shaped that in you because you heard someone that you love say that about you. Maybe you've been in that state where this is the best that you've ever had. So you're scared of losing this because you don't want to go back to what you've had. You deserve to live full. You deserve to live filled. You don't have to live empty. And if you're in that place where you're stuck in toxic situations, it could be a job, it could be a relationship, and you don't know how to get out, reach out to someone. There are people all over the world who are ready, willing, and able to help you navigate your steps back to a place where you are living at your highest potential. Because you have to understand what your worth and value is before anyone else can identify it. Take it from me. 
someone who struggled with identifying his worth and his value for decades. It made me so uncomfortable when people would praise me at times. Oh, man, you're awesome. Oh, you did this. Oh, that's great. And I always say, no, 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 that's not me. Because I couldn't connect with the thought. And until you can connect with the thought and the idea that you deserve happiness, peace and love and joy, you'll keep settling for the toxic ideas that were formed in a warped identity. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the When Life Happens podcast. I hope that you found this episode both impactful and inspiring. Before you go, like and share the show, subscribe to it, leave us a comment, rate us and review us on all podcast platforms. Your engagement helps us reach more people and create a better show. But the fun doesn't have to stop here. If you're interested in more resources and tools of how to live a fulfilled life and step fully into your purpose or purchase your copy of the life-changing book, When Life Happens, head over to www.theofficialwilliamjackson.com for more information. Until next time, keep rising, keep thriving. And remember that no matter what life throws your way, you have everything inside of you you need to overcome and succeed when life happens.